Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I interview movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. In this episode, Gogoli Yao explains his background and the journey that led him to where he is now. He discusses how he first encountered parkour and his work on Esprit Concrete with Kasturi Torquia. Yao shares his current challenges and what he is working on and discusses his training with Esprit Concrete team member Georgia Monroe. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, Craig. Gogoli Yao is a longtime coach and athlete and the co-founder of Esprit Concrete. Originally from France, Yao trained Taekwondo for many years before moving to London, where he began his art de déplacement training. Known for his infectious energy and love of community, Yao is an experienced coach and has run workshops, seminars, and camps both nationally and internationally. Comment ça va, Yao? Ça va bien, Craig. Merci. Thanks for having me. Très bien. Yao, as much as I would love to do this in French, my French is yeah, very, 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 very bad. Yeah, don't worry. I don't want to do it in French either. <laughs> okay, so... I know that the people who know you, like, know you really well. Like, you're passionate and you're vibrant. And and like I mentioned in the beginning, your passion for community, it, it comes through. But my fear is that a lot of people don't have any idea who you are. So can you tell me a little bit about, just, you know, draw me a little picture. Where do y'all come yeah. from and, and what, what made you who you are today? Okay. Um, so first, I'm going to start talking about my name um, because um, I think must feel strange for people to call me with my family name. Um, so my name is Gogoli Yao, uh, Yao being my family name, uh, but people call me Yao because it's a bit easier, I would say. It started in France, I think. Um, someone called me Yao and moved toward, uh, to a, uh, the, the city I moved in. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone started cutting the name and calling me Yao. Caught on. And, yeah, exactly. And when I moved in um, in UK, Googly was a little bit too complicated for people to say and because they were calling me Yao already. So I was like, oh yeah, Yao, call me Yao. Um, so that would be the reason why Yao is my name. And so, yes, I used to live in France around Paris. Um, it's a little bit complicated. My mom um, moved to Paris when I was really little, maybe two or three. And I used to live in Africa, in uh, Ivory Coast, Côte d'Ivoire, mm-hmm. um, with my dad and his family. And uh, then I joined my mom when I was five or six uh, in France. Uh, we were living in um, Paris, 20e arrondissement. Mm. Um, uh, 25, uh, 25th? Yeah, t- no, 20th. Um, District. Ah, six, Francis. 20th. Ah, 20th. 20th. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Told you I'm slow. Yeah, 20th. Okay. 20th. <laughs> yeah. um, and um, so, yeah, I spent most of my youth over there um, going to school, doing keep things. Mm. And yeah. how did you get so to Taekwondo? Like, how did you get oh, drawn yeah. into martial oh. arts? Is that. Yeah, it's not a real story. It's just like I was looking for, I was looking uh, to do Kung Fu because mm-hmm. I thought that Kung Fu was going to be really hard for me to learn. Um, and my goal was just to sweat, to be honest. I just wanted to sweat, to do something physical. Um, but there was no Kung Fu school or 
nearby, club right? nearby. So my friends say, oh, I do Taekwondo come. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I went and um, it was great. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, what I liked was the people in, um, in the club. Uh, we were doing a lot of things uh, together, uh, going out, penballing, everything. Um, and obviously training <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah yeah that's what that's what uh, got me into taekwondo and um and the club i was in was actually one of the best club in france because um so our coach was one of the team france um mm -hmm. for the national five, yeah the national team um participant and now he's teaching he's the national coach oh. um so it was quite high standards and we did a lot of competition winning <clears throat> not winning but uh, right. the usual yeah and uh what how old were you when you moved did you was it just you who moved to london how old were you and oh, yeah, what, what brought you across the channel okay so um <laughs> so yeah from france i uh i was looking to um improve myself um so no first i was looking for work because i finished my study in um it is like network managing management mm -hmm. Um, but it was quite challenging. So I was like, okay, maybe my CV is not good enough. So I'm going to try to learn English and then people will be like, oh yeah, I want that guy. Mm. Um, so that's why I moved, uh, I moved here. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to stay in London for six months, a year. And then when my English is better, then I can come back and then work, find a job, something like this. But and, and yeah, how, how I didn't... long has it been since you've been in <laughs> So I arrived in um, in London in 2006. Mm, and uh, well, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, so 13 years, nearly 13 years. And yeah, I really love London. London is great. What about it? What about it? Um, you know, when you say you love it, what about, what about it came to mind when you were just saying that? I love the ambience. Mm -hmm. um, I love that um, there's a sense of freedom uh, about London. It's like, um, I call it Vice City because you can do whatever you want. Mm. So you can do the worst, but that allows you to, get the, uh, to do the best as well. And you don't feel like people are watching or questioning or doubting what you want to do. So it feels there's a sense of freedom. Mm. Obviously, like there's law and uh, cameras and stuff like this, but this is really transparent, I think. Um, if you don't have anything to reproach, to hide, yeah, yeah. If you don't have anything to hide, then there's no problem <laughs> about that. Yeah, Sorry. Um, I'm just excited that I found the right one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's that, that's it, really. So, the pocket. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I really like London, and um, when I arrived uh, to London, the first thing that marked me is that in the tube. I could speak to anyone and they will reply to me uh -huh. without any judgment or anything like this. And so I would ask for my way and they will give me my way and then say, okay, bye. Have a Who good are these? What are these things yeah. that are helpful? I don't yeah, know. It's, <laughs> these it's, are um, it's, uh, it, if it could feel like, oh, that should be normal, but it's not always normal. Um, yeah. Not as, not as normal as it should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The world would be a better place if it was like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, yeah. So that's me in London, really. And then how I found parkour, um, because, yeah. So I watched the movie Yamakasi, mm -hmm. like a lot of people, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and 
at first I didn't think anything of, of it. I thought like, oh yeah, it's a movie. It's a movie. But then I saw the documentary on um, Stade 2 mm. about the Yamakasi and their training. And I was like, oh, actually, that's something that you can do. Right. It looked, yeah. so, it looked, yeah. it looked so spectacular when, you, when one first saw it. And then it takes you a moment to realize that, yeah. oh, that they're just the regular people. Like, yeah, you could exactly. do that. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try that. Because uh, at that time, I was scared of a lot of things. Um, so scared of height, speed, being upside down, mm. playgrounds, trees swings a lot of things um so i didn't like any of these so i was like okay as an adult it doesn't make sense to be scared <laughs> of all this irrational so fear. i'm going to i'm going to uh, do something that's going to challenge my perception of this mm. um so that's why that's how i started parkour at first but in france i couldn't find any information of where to go what to do mm. so i did what was in the movie and they were doing a lot of jobs mm. And it didn't go well. I twisted my ankle several times. So I was like, okay, that's not for me. But then when I arrived to London, I found Dan and First were teaching next to my house. I was like, oh, cool. Oh, that's, yeah, that's wow. really lucky. Like yeah, lucky. Yeah. That's really lucky. So then uh, I went to one class and I was like, oh, yes, that's it. And the, I didn't know what it was called as well. And they were saying parkour. I was like, okay, parkour. So... Yeah, I started like this. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that gives us just a quick glimpse as to how you found. Um, I was like the way uh, the French speakers sometimes just refer to it as the movement and then like sort of as this platform agnostic. <laughs> so how did you um, progress from maybe the ankle twisting, you know, self-attempted to um, somebody who's quite competent? Like how did, how did you get from that beginning to where you are now? So my um, my focus on uh, in training has never been really about the movement. It has been about my fears. Like I said, that's why mm -hmm. I started. But I didn't know at the time. Um, I didn't know a lot of things. I didn't know what it was, what I was looking for, and what I could get. So I was following what others were doing. And I think I was limited by my ability to move. So I did a lot of big jumps, a lot of quick training and things like this. Very powerful Yes, things. exactly. I used my power a lot and that didn't help me, but it helped me at the same time. Because soon after I started, I uh, got tendonitis in both knees mm -hmm. and then I couldn't jump. <laughs> so <laughs> now what I are you couldn't do, jump. Right? Yeah, exactly. I couldn't jump. So, so then I insisted. I was like, okay, like nothing no one is doing something else so i'm going to still try jumping but then it was too much the pain was too much to bear so i stopped jumping and i couldn't jump for three years so that's where i discovered discovered it's not really discovered because people were doing conditioning before mm. but i just was like oh i don't need conditioning i'm strong um which wasn't true at all um so then i discovered conditioning and uh, like small movement and that actually changed my practice a little bit and i i noticed that um my strength was just a display it wasn't a real strength it was just like the big muscle activating but the link between these big muscle wasn't there mm -hmm. so that's why i had to that's why i had to uh, practice and to train to be able to be more comfortable and that's really important but because um 
when we started Esprit Concrete. Mm-hmm. That's what came up again, but not in the muscle way, but more in my understanding of myself and others, my relationship with people, I mm-hmm. would say. Um, so I have, I'm really present um, as a person, but maybe the subtle um, things, I couldn't perceive them. So yeah, it was a lot of perception changing throughout my career mm-hmm. uh, as a mover or coach that happened to lead me to where I am now. So yeah. What I'm always torn by is if I sit here until I have the perfect question and then I ask you the perfect question and you give me the perfect answer, if I do that for 60 episodes, it gets suspicious that I always have the perfect question. So I always feel a little guilty. Like I always want to make it be, I would like, I make it perfect and then I try and mess it up a little bit in my head. So it's kind of a half perfect, (laughs) which I know that's like, sorry, overthinking my craft. Um, You mentioned that maybe your first experience with strength, um, you later realized that that wasn't the truth or that it wasn't true strength. Mm -hmm. And then you talked about uh, how the injury made you rethink that. But then you've mentioned very briefly that it's come up again, this idea that true strength or that physical strength might not be true strength. Now I'm like, what, what's, can you unpack that? What is it about Esprit Concrete and the current timeframe that's taking you like in this circle back to the same idea? It's really like, like I was saying, the connection between these strengths, because I was, um, so I'm going to explain it, how I explained to the student. Mm. So basically I was really powerful. Um, power is strength with speed. So um, you don't need to carry the whole weight throughout the whole range directly. You can like skip one part and go quickly to some, to the end range. Um, so that's the skipping I was doing for most of it. And it was the same with my connection with people. I was avoiding a lot of area in my self, mm-hmm. I would say, because I wasn't comfortable or I was scared or I was Uns- I didn't uncertain. Know. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uncertain or I didn't know. Um, or I didn't realize what was my actual focus. Um, so, that's why I think it's it's uh, it's funny that it came back. So first I found um, movement and I realized and I got hurt and I realized, oh, okay, um, maybe I'm skipping steps um, and I'm avoiding things. So I need to work on them. And second, I found founded hmm. uh, S3 Concrete and I realized that is the same thing happening, but more emotional, social and psychological. Um, and that's thanks to Castery because um, I could have spent my whole life not realizing that something is missing or what am I doing with myself? So how is my attitude affecting others or affecting my training or affecting my perception? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, like that was a, a few words, but I really think there's a lot in there about this idea of, the show of physical power or how you were describing your relationships with other people, how that's really just a show and there's, there's more layers in there. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering one way to attack this would be to say, is there anything that you think you could have told yourself before you came to London to say, all right, here's the mistake that you're going to make. And here's something that I think you should try. And the reason this is a good tool is because it makes you think about, 
what you did, what you think is wrong, and also what's a good tool for fixing it. And that may help us pry that open a little further for people who are listening. Okay. Yes. I, there's a lot I could have told mm. myself. Mm. One I would say is perfection doesn't exist. Mm. And take your time to make mistakes. Because I think as a, when I was a kid, mm. I had this idea that um, humans were not great. They were mean or um, inconsiderate and mm -hmm. they couldn't understand each other or they couldn't live without each other in peace or something like this. And then it feels like I detached myself from feeling because of this. Mm. So then I couldn't relate to people and all my relationship or my perception was perfect. So I was more, I couldn't understand others basically. Mm. Um, like if there was something unjust, I would say it's unjust and then stop at that. So there, will, there wouldn't be any gray area ah. in anything. Mm -hmm. um, all entities have to be perfect. Mm. So that's how... I grew up and that's how I was perceiving things. So that stopped me from uh, understanding that maybe people have their own um, desire, their own past, their own Reasons. mistake flows mm -hmm. and stuff like this. So like it was like a perfect entity. Hmm. I was comparing human to, you, do you know Dr. Manhattan in uh, The Watchmen? Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, that that's how I was seeing that we should be. Mm. But it doesn't make sense mm. as it, <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's really this, like, take time to, to make your mistake and making mistake is okay. That's what I would say, tell, tell myself. Mm. Yeah. Do you think you would have listened? Um, yes, I think I would have listened because I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn. Um, I wanted to know. I wanted to be able, nothing in particular, but I wanted to be able to be better mm. as a person but i like i said i didn't know and i didn't understand what i was going to or mm. what i was supposed to look for um so it was just like me um doing things that i believe had to be done so it was mo mostly when i was when i was little i was really training my my body yeah. more than anything else mm -hmm. and so i was testing like how do I react with pain, for example? Um, can I control all the muscle of my body? Mm. Can I, um, I don't know, a lot of different things. Um, but I never understood understood the, the concept of personal emotion, I would say, um, and how it affects people. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I would have listened. <laughs> Are there any things that you're currently struggling with? Um, yes. I, so that's not an easy question, just so you know. Um, so I was aware because, um, because of my upbringing, I was mostly alone all the time. Mm. Um, my mom was working a lot. My brother was at school. Um, and when he was at home, we didn't talk much. And because of my understanding of people, I couldn't make lasting relationships. So I didn't have friends mm -hmm. or things like this. So most of the time was with myself. So I had to count on myself. Um, so I didn't need anyone else really. So 
from that um, trusting others is quite mm. hard. hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, so that's what I've been working on for, I think, a year or two years, um, trying to trust others. Um, we progressed a lot, I think, um, but it's still challenging. So uh, what does that look like when you say working on trusting others? Is this randomly asking people to catch you when you fall backwards? No, not randomly. Just, uh, could you hold this 100-pound <laughs> note for me while I go get it? <laughs> like, <laughs> so no, it's not randomly. So for example, it's... Um, it's uh, asking, so no, it's being able to accept help. Mm. Um, that's something that I don't think I need because I have a, no, a lot of knowledge, sadly, not sadly, but sadly, and I have a lot of experience as well. So what people would say, I will be like, no, but I know how it works. So why would, why would, you, why would I listen to you? Um, but then if you add this with the plan of... Um, consciousness the level of consciousness maybe there's something else i don't see mm. but that i don't realize it when i talk about it so i need to be able to give my trust into someone to to say that okay maybe they know something that i don't know so i should listen to them see how it goes be and open. this is really this is really um complicated because habits mm. um, i'm used to be me and do <laughs> Yeah. So am um, I. So, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with so you. that's that's the training we do. And uh, recently we've been. Um, so I, I used to train Georgia, and uh, recently we've been training backflips mm. for me. So I'm training backflips because I don't like going backwards. I don't like being upside down. <laughs> I agree. And I all agree. This stuff. And um, so the technique is really easy. It's just like you jump up, you get your knees <laughs> to your chest, and that's it. And yet, and then you wait. But. Um, <laughs> But wait for what the ambulance? That's what <laughs> happened to me. Yeah, that's that's it. So so um so in the backflip, there are so many things that scares scare me. Uh, like going back, like why why would I do that? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So um so I have to trust the process. Mm. I have to trust that gravity is going to do its work, <laughs> and the momentum that I'm generating is going to right. do the the work. work, and that I'm going to land on my feet. I don't like I don't like being upside down. I don't like speed. I don't like uh, spinning, turning. So that's just backflips is the worst for me. I would mm. say. But then to train it, we're not training it uh, indoors with Matt. We're training it uh, outside. Um, so me and Georgia. So I have to give my trust to her to spot me. Mm. Um, so that's. I mean, we've been doing more things before with the team and, and things like this. But that's the last development of it. And. Yeah, it's it's, it's happening hard, it's slowly, happening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's. I find it really hard to go through this. Even if I know, it doesn't mean that. Oh, I know now it's going to happen on its own. It's just a habit that I, I accumulated for all my life that I need to get rid of. And yeah, that's what training is really. Mm. So I learned front flip a lot easier because it's going forwards and it's me deciding to. Like oh, I know, uh, like it's a lot safer. Uh -uh. It's a lot safer to do a front flip than a back flip, but not really. But yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of things I uh, I'm uh, I'm working on, and um, yeah. So uh, coming back to the back flip is the the idea of control as well. So while you're in the air, you don't have control. Right. Yeah. It's just like. Gravity, like doing its job or momentum doing its job, um, but I like to be in control because it's it's always been me. 
so if I'm not in control, something bad sh- would happen. Um, even if it's not true, that's the belief mm. my upbringing gave me. Yeah, so it's in my body. It's like, oh, if you're not in control, something bad is going to happen. Even if it hasn't been proved for a while, it's still happening because I believe it. So, yeah. Yeah, what's one thing that you think people get wrong about you or that they misunderstand about you? Um, I think um, people have the perception that I'm not serious, but everything I do uh, is quite serious. So there's no... There's no doubt if I want to do it, I'm going to do it 100%. Hmm. Um, It's not a light matter for me. So if I joke, I'm going to joke. If I laugh, I'm going to laugh. There's nothing trivial, Hmm. I would say, about what I'm doing. And I take it seriously to do what I've decided to do. So it's not because... So when I train, for example, um, if if it's not difficult or painful it's probably that I'm not training. So I'm just reinforcing a bad habit that I have. Otherwise, it should be complicated. Mm. Um, It should be something that I have trouble doing, except if I've trained it before. Even that, that means I'm not training it anymore. I'm just doing it. So yes, that's maybe that side of me that I don't think people know because I don't spend a lot of time with people. Mm -hmm. I'm most, most of the time with myself in my mind thinking of, what to get better at or how, how, how to, to get better right? at yeah yeah um at things so yeah i've said it before i'll say it again i love to collect stories because i think hearing what story people choose tells you a lot about that person and their mm-hmm. passion so um yeah was there a story that you'd like to share i don't have one yet <laughs> <laughs> okay this is the first time for everything so i have i have a yao story um i was oh. at uh, <laughs> You didn't yeah. think I was going to do this to you. I have a yao story. I was at uh, Effley Moves. Yeah. Uh, and we were doing Jan's, one of Jan's night QM sessions. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm working with um, Stani Malay, who's yeah. my partner. Anyway, I'm dying. I'm, you know, and I'm QMing along. And you motored by me in QM. Like, but as you went by, I got the most pleasant, like, hello. Craig and I think you were I, I was late to the event or you were, like, for some reason I hadn't seen you yet yeah. and you motored by in the dark and I was upside down probably with my shirt over my head sweating and I had no clue who it was and then I was thinking oh that, there's only one person that could have been that had to have been Yao because you were just <laughs> so pleasant and so happy so that's that's my story about Yao oh, training okay. it was super fun um, and I think I actually managed to go a few more steps before Jan called time and had to sprint to the end <laughs> so it was okay. just like motored by me oh I have okay that's not Nice. Interesting. Um, I have a story, but I'm not sure I want to say it here. Um, because I went to teach in uh, Turin. Um, mm. I think it was two years ago, three years. I don't remember. Mm. Uh, and you'll understand why I don't remember. Because for one of the last workshops we did, it, that, that day was raining a lot. And I was demonstrating a bounce-off. So mm-hmm. a bounce-off is like a leap where you don't actually grab the yeah, wall. You no don't stand camp. Yeah. So it was a really small cat lip. So I demonstrate the, the bounce off <laughs> and uh, it was really wet. So I slipped, my mm-hmm. feet slipped and I didn't use my hand uh, for the bounce off <laughs> and my head, my head <laughs> hit the wall and um, I lost my memory oh, <laughs> of oh, the day. So oh. I was concu- concussed mm-hmm. and uh, for maybe the whole night, um, my memory was resetting. <sighs> So I don't remember that day and most of the event before. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of things I couldn't remember after that. 
So for maybe a month after, dates were a little bit weird for me. So I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand. Um, which ones before? Which yeah, ones after? what, what, <laughs> what a day or what a month or, or things like this. So that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of my memory is like is my weak point. So, yeah, so that's why I probably don't have a story to tell you. <laughs> All right. So just leaping for the cat bounce back with no hands. What are you working on within Esprit Concrete now? Um, what are your, like, what are your goals? Like, what, what do you see that you want Esprit Concrete to accomplish, say, in the next year? Oh, in the next year, that's really short, short time. But um, Two years? How, how much time do you want? <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. Um, a lot of what we do depends on um, Kester's work mm -hmm. because she <coughs> developed um, Esprit Concrete Method. Mm -hmm. So it will make more sense to um, set the um, timeline to hers, ah. kind of, yeah, with her work. Like first a thesis and then see what we do with it. Um, we talked about a lot of different area, but um, like our goal as Esprit Concrete is to help people help them help themselves. themselves. So there's a lot of way to do it, but we want to find a way that is not restrictive. So we don't want people to feel like they have to adhere to whatever we're saying. We want to keep the freedom of choice and decision making to mm -hmm. to people to be part of the journey or not um so that's why we we don't really we don't really plan like oh next year we want to do this we plan what is what would be the best option for for all this so then we're not restricted by timing or or agendas um so yeah the so yeah, <laughs> it's quite, uh, I, I, I feel like I'm going to give you a lot of abstract um, concepts that probably wouldn't mean anything if you don't know what we're doing, but there wouldn't be any other reply mm. to your questions. Mm. So I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. It's fine. Um, not everything is supposed to make sense. Yeah. Um, there's an old TV commercial when I grew up as a kid about two people with chocolate and peanut butter and they're okay. in a supermarket in a supermarket and they run into each other. It's really stupid, but they run into each other and they wind up with chocolate and peanut butter combined. And now everybody who grew up like post yeah. that okay, is like, yeah. yeah, who would never eat chocolate and peanut butter together? And, and what I was thinking was, I know that sounds crazy, but what I was thinking was Esprit Concrete, pieces of it came from Casturi and pieces of it clearly come from you. And I'm just wondering, at what point did the two of you realize that Esprit Concrete was this thing that together you could bring to the world? So if, if that crazy question that isn't a question makes sense. At what point we realized? Mm. I think uh, I would say something that you probably is not going to like, but I don't remember. <laughs> 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 that wall in um, Turin. Um, uh, I don't remember the exact point, but I know that we had a lot of discussion about concept and, and training mm. because the way I train is not, I don't train movement. I don't, I, it doesn't interest me to do movement. Um, I train, I use a movement to train whatever I have to train. So if it's fear of height, I'm going to say, okay, 
I'm going to go on, on that scaffolding and do stuff. For example, if it's um, if it's landing on the small things, I'm going to jump with different angle onto a rail. But I'm not going to say, okay, today, today I'm going to go and do jumps. Or yeah, jumps. Yeah. Um, so it's always a concept that I'm going to train, and that idea m met her understanding of human brain mm. and from that concept we got another concept is that what i'm addressing is not a move it's a it's um vulnerability that i have mm. and so then i think that's where expert concrete come come up became uh, this thing to try yeah and exactly you facilitate yeah. facilitates the wrong word became this thing which tries to take the vulnerabilities yeah. and i would say go at them in other words like the vulnerability is the thing that we want to work on yeah no, we're not. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I mean, we are not working on the vulnerabilities. Like, for example, in our classes, we're not trying to get people to work on their vulnera vulnerabilities. We're trying to make them see them. Mm. Yeah, mm. because working on them takes a long time. So we we make sure they see them, and once they see them, then we can do something about it. If they don't see them, so probably probably they're not ready. And if they're not ready. To push them would be dangerous, could be dangerous. So we are just, we're just helping them to have another perspective. And yeah, so that's what Kestri did with me because I was training concepts, but it wasn't related to me actually, um, because it was just like uh, what I was saying about Dr. Manhattan. Mm. It was like that perfect uh, idea of, oh, fear is this, or, um, or you're scared of that thing but it wasn't related to me and she brought the individual in that in that thing and made the training specific to me and that was a lot harder <laughs> because um, because jumping a uh, hundred times on the bar is really easy but doing that if you're okay doing that that means that you're probably not addressing something that is a lot harder to skip um, no to to not skip, mm. yeah. Um, so then she made it personal to me, and then jumping a bar would need some preparation to be able to happen. Mm. Um, so there, that's how Esprit Concrete happened, mm. really. And I can actually talk about Castoria a little bit uh, if you want. She's incredible. I don't know if you noticed, but she has a, a perception that is quite different from me um and from a lot of people i know because she's um i don't know if it's planning or if she's just other things because there are a lot of things she talks about i have no clue it is and it's not just about like the study she did or um like the life she had the upbringing she had this um like she talks about energy and for me i don't understand what it means um talking about energy i know that I have an, another perception. I perceive more things than some people, but she is just on another plane, I would think. Um, that's why she's able to do whatever she's doing. She's always working. There's no, there's no rest time. Mm. That's, I think she's working too much. And uh, she does things that I wouldn't be able to do, like definitely not. And that's why I think Esprit Concrete is working as well as it is now, because she... She loves what she's doing and she's very good at it. Um, and she can 
find the way to help a person. I'm not going to say everyone because she hasn't helped everyone, um, but she can see a person and like see things that that person wouldn't imagine seeing. So it's uh, really the plane of perception um, they pile up. And um, I used this um, last weekend, actually. So before I met her, I felt like I was a fish in water. Mm. But that fish had never seen the sky and can't imagine the sky exists. And then she like showed me things and then I'm like, oh my God, I can actually go into the sky. And then I'm like a flying fish. Um, <laughs> but then, um, but then I, I'm a flying fish, but there are other perception as well. So someone is on the ground in the mountain or something like this. Someone is a bird. And then there's a, an alien that can see everything. So I feel like she's an alien that can see Uh, she has all these perception things and she's like, Oh, look, maybe if you, if you look at this, you can see that you're reacting like this and the best option for you is to work on that. Um, so yeah, that's what kind of extra concrete is doing. With, out of that, yeah, exactly. Out of that so she has her perception and, um, and she's using my training that I, I used to have, um, to make it happen kind of. So, mm -hmm. So that's the mix. So her perception and the physical training that I did, that's what we gave in the glossary. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or share that I haven't gotten to? Um, yes, I can talk about um, training Georgia and Daniel. Hmm. Um, so it has been a really interesting parkour. Mm. This is the French way of it. Route, exactly. Like I started training Georgia before Esprit Concrete started. So um, I think the second time I saw her, I was like, oh, do you want to train with me? And then I was with Parkour Generation and then they started the DAP program. I was trying to put, it, put her on it. I'm not sure what happened with it, but um, I started training her um, really early when she started training. But like I said, with myself i couldn't understand what she had really to to work on so i trained her because she was really similar to me in some ways um, and i knew that i could help because that's my that's my goal i want to be able to help maybe it's selfish because i want to feel good or something like this but i want to be able to help um, so i started training her um not physically, but for the mindset of being able to do things. Mm -hmm. So um, like her fears, her hesitations, um, her capacity to train. Yeah. And I don't think I really succeeded at that time um, until Castro arrived with Esprit Concrete. And then um, everything seems a lot more focused. Mm -hmm. Um So we had less training session with S3 Concrete, but they were more effective. Mm. Um, so what we trained her first was the mindset. So being able to um, understand and challenge perception because it's mostly about perception, like how you've been raised, um, what you usually do, what coping mechanism you had to save To safeguard, to safeguard yourself when you were a kid, for example. And, um, and like we were trying to make her see that she could challenge that. Mm. Um, she 
actually did really well. Um, we recently um, changed uh, our training methods. So now she's not training perception anymore, not as much as before. But now we do, we're starting the physical training. Um, so that's why the, uh, the backflip comes in mm. um, and all the, the rest. So she, she wants to be a um, performer mm. um, and like performer and stunt double. So we're training her for, for this and being able to stunt double and, oh yeah, and competition. Sorry. Mm, um, so um, we, we asked Georgia when she came to us, like what she wanted to do. And she was interested in a lot of things. So performance, stunt doubling, um, acting, uh, music, um, that's everything. It's, it's mainly everything. Um, uh, and then we said, like, yes, we could help her with this. Uh, and in this, there was competition as well. So we had to find a way to keep her. Um, it's not sane. It's uh, keep her focused or not focused. Um, grounded. Grounded. Yes, it's similar to grounded. Grounded enough to um, do competitions, so I hope she will talk about it. But um, so we have to find a way to keep her grounded enough to sustain competition, to be able to compete without without um, enforcing her bad habits mm. and her um, unhelpful coping mechanism. Mm. So the mindset and the physical training were all guided to do this, and this is a work that it's not feasible. Like you can't quantify it. You can't say, oh, we did this, 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 and now it's happened. It's something, it's a process that it takes place not in training session, takes place all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and I just wanted to share that process that it's quite tedious. Yes. Yes, it's quite <laughs> tedious for the person going through mm -hmm. and the people around them. Mm. So she's not the only one who's been affected by it. We've been affected by it and probably people around her have been affected by it. But now when she look back, she can, she can say safely that she's grown from that process. And I would hope that if she had to do it again, mm -hmm. she would do she it. She would choose to do it. Um, and that's the Esprit Concrete Method. And that's what I am going through uh, now, but it takes me a little bit longer to, <laughs> to, to get to the result she, she's doing because of who we are, really, mm. who, are, who I am, who she is, and, and how resistant we can be. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. Train everything, every time. Thank you very much, Yao. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> this was episode 54. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 54. There's more to the Movers Mindset Project than just this podcast. Visit our website for more free content, to sign up for our newsletter, or to read about how you can support this project. And I'll leave you with a final thought from Thelonious Monk. Sometimes it's to your advantage for people to think you are crazy. Thanks for listening.